Welcome to episode 36 of Unsweetened and Unfiltered. Dunya, I know you want to talk about something that's kind of been on your mind for the past like two weeks. So you want to go ahead and take it away? Why are you making it seem like it's some like crazy thing that I'm about to announce? Because I want to, I really want to dive in and talk about this. So just go ahead and okay. introduce it. Well, it's not that interesting. Zina, you're really good at hyping things up. <laughs> I was thinking, because you know, we're in the holiday season and everything like that. Obviously, like, I mean, you don't celebrate certain holidays, whatever, right. but we're still invited to like get-togethers and whatnot and everything. Friendsgivings and yeah. stuff like that. There was an old me that used to kind of avoid these, like, get-togethers or gatherings because all my friends, certain part of, like, I have, like, two sets of friend groups and stuff like that, and there's one set of friend group that invites me, and they're all married. They all have their couple. They're, they're like, or they're all couples. It's, like, husband and wife, husband and wife, and then there goes little Dunya. You know what I mean? But I used to kind of, like, avoid them, and I was like, oh, I don't want to be, like, the only person without, like, a plus one and all that stuff and everything. And I remember I just had a discussion with one of my other friends. She was in a similar situation too she didn't want to go to a certain event because she's like i'm going to be the only single girl there and i'm like yeah i understand i totally get how you feel you don't want to feel left out and blah blah, blah. and then i kind of want to go back on that i want to go back on what i said because i ended up going to the little gathering we had like it was like turkey good food one of our friends invited us and um in her home and like it, it was such a nice time but there was a, a little ounce of me that was about to avoid going there because i was like everybody there is married and Everybody there is bringing their spouse, and I'm the only one that's not. Can I so, say something? Go ahead. This is not a little high school movie where, like, every all the couples are sitting in each other's laps, feeding each other food. Like, Thank it's you. not like that. Usually when I attend these events, it's either mixed where, like, the couples are just sitting together chatting, or it's, like, separate where the girls are on one side, the guys are on the other, and you don't feel like, okay, you know, Dunya's the only one without a husband. Psh, you know what I mean? It's not, no one, no one cares. Like, no one really cares. And that's the point that I was going to get at because when I went, because I was like, hello, oh, so I was like, go, you, these people are, I always have such a good time with them, you know, the girls and everything like that. What did I do? I walked in and yes, the guys are sitting in the living yeah. room. The girls are chilling in the kitchen. And when we had a whole girl talk and stuff like that, they were just talking about their husbands and like the annoying parts about being married. Like you do not feel left out at all. So every girl that's out there that feels so like uncomfortable going to like events where you feel like you're the single person or you're the only person in the room, do not feel that way. Because yeah, nobody, trust me, nobody's so in love with their spouse. They're literally going to be sitting in each other's laps and they're going to make you uncomfortable. Exactly. Especially in an Arab setting. I don't think we're like that. We no, don't kind of show that open affection which we're going to talk to um asia about and yeah. anybody that's listening to this and there's a lot of events coming up and you feel like you're the only single person just go because trust me you're going to enjoy yourself and i want every girl to push herself out there and do not just feel like you're going to be the outcast or the outsider you're 100 not i think we're all adults we know how to like have a good time and include everybody and we know when somebody's having an uncomfortable like you know when they yeah, feel uncomfortable we're adults, exactly and yeah. i feel like it happens a lot where we kind of like kind of talk ourselves into feeling like oh i'm gonna be awkward i don't know how to handle myself in this situation but it's not as bad as you really think like if you put yourself in that situation you'll realize like you did that it's not as like it's not as such a big deal as what you made it to be in your head just yeah. kind of let it and you know and if it is just don't go back and if you have really good yeah exactly <laughs> that's what i'm saying like and if you have really good friends i you're not going in a setting where it's all your older aunts and older people yeah. asking you why aren't you married where's your husband no you're going in a setting where it's all your friends and they know and your they situation and they get it and they're not gonna make you feel any less than but it, like Sana said if you do feel that way at least now you know yeah. and you don't have to feel guilty for whatever not going the next time but that kind of brings us into this week's episode and our special 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 guest is 
Asia Sahar. And you guys know her from I am Asia on Instagram. You guys know her from her amazing daily check-ins, which I read every day. And I think it's a great way for us to just kind of like ground ourselves. But to give you guys a little bit more in-depth background of who she is, because there's some things that I learned and I never knew. So basically, Asia Sahar, she's had the opportunity to work as a reporter. She was a business specialist. And most recently at the U.S. Institute of Peace in D.C. Of course, you guys know her as a mother of three beautiful children. I love when, you know, she shares snaps of her kids and all that stuff. So cute, Michelle. I absolutely love her and she's turned her focus toward her passion as a writer entrepreneur and she's an accidental content creator and influencer i agree with her on that because i used to follow her way back when and it was she has such a small following but people gravitate towards her because i think of her honesty her openness and you could tell right away what her intentions are and it 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 is laced with such pure intentions and she kind of like brings back faith into everything yeah it's kind of interesting because we've spoken to people recently about how their social media presence is kind of an accident where people kind of like you said they gravitate toward them because people are looking for honesty they're looking for someone who is genuine and who's going to give it to them as it is and I think that's why Asia has such a huge following and people are like genuinely supporters yeah that's why I like the word supporters so much because I think everybody that does follow her they they truly support her and the work that she does and they appreciate what she does and vice versa I think when you have everybody supporting you you kind of also learn from them too but as you guys know also Asia she resides in the DS um, DS you guys I'm like yeah (laughs) I love how you're saying it all questioningly like yeah she basically resides in the DC metropolitan area and what I liked about her how I really originally found her is she basically mixes like vintage finds with new timeless unique finds. I love love the way she dresses. I love how she reuses things. I love the sustainability that surrounds that whole idea. And from that, she created her own brand, which is called Modified Threads. And she just released it. And of course, you guys, we're going to host a giveaway this Friday. Did you expect anything less of us? I know. And it's going to be the whole set of um, the jewelry. So beautiful. I'm so envious of whoever gets it. Yeah. And (laughs) I'm just so excited for everything that is coming towards Asya, like all the blessings that she's receiving at this point. And it's so interesting how everything does come at the perfect time, basically. But again, her page is, I, I love it. She look, literally supplements her fashion posts with soulful words. And she has, she shares her personal journey and anything and everything from like just her relationship, her marriage, and just motherhood in general, and just who she is as a whole person by herself. So I really hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I think you will. Yeah, we decided to discuss specifically and just like focus on relationships and marriage, basically love and marriage. I think this is something we never really truly dived into. We kind of like skimmed the surface of it, but this is the first episode where we're really getting into it. Yeah, and I want you guys to stick around. Um, After the episode is usually done, Zane and I stick around and we give our unfiltered afterthoughts and we kind of like kind of dive a little bit deeper into what we just discussed our thoughts on this and um for this one we're going to talk about just soulmates and talking about the fact of like how to not allow what you went through seep into your new relationship and how to navigate that we do talk about it in the episode but we kind of build upon it afterwards so you want to dive in Zaina? let's do it Before we dive into today's episode, I just wanted to remind you guys, it's never too late to join our unfiltered book club. And if you want to stay up to date, all you have to do is just check out our Instagram post, 
or snaps. And as an added bonus, we have Audible who is sponsoring our episode, which means that you guys can get the book for free. You can download it on your phone for free. And alongside that downloadable book, you get a 30 day membership. All you have to do is just go to www.audibletrial/unsweeten and you guys can get started today. I am actually an avid Audible user. I listen to books all the time as I'm driving or even at the gym whenever I can. I'm a millennial, so multitasking is in my genes. Um, remember, you guys can download the book for free at www.audibletrial.com slash unsweetened. And remember to keep up to date with our Instagram posts where we'll be updating you guys about the book club. Now let's really get into today's episode. All right, Asia, I feel like there is so much to get into and I really appreciate that you're going to come on here and you're going to be super open and honest about your past relationships and your current marriage, mashallah, and the fact that you're a mother as well. I feel like this is a topic that everybody can benefit from. If you're somebody that just entered a relationship, if you're somebody that's engaged or you're somebody that's been even in a 20 year marriage, I feel like we're always growing within these certain relationships and whatnot. So I feel like we can all benefit from this episode. And again, thank you so much for sitting down and talking to us about about this topic. But how about we just get to know you a little bit better and then we can just jump in. Sure. Thank you guys for having me on. I think you're doing a fabulous job and I'm honored. I, yeah, just to briefly introduce myself. Uh, my name is Asya and I was raised by a powerful single parent, my mother. And, you know, growing up, um, kind of moved around a lot and being an only child, had to learn to adapt to different situations quickly. I got my undergrad in BA with a focus on business, communications, and, you know, just kind of like early career, started off with business development, dabbled a little bit in broadcasting online, on-air journalism. And then from there, just found uh, my purpose and calling and writing and just kind of sharing my own experiences just to be able to help other people and shed a little bit light into someone's day. But, you know, all of that, I think just my life currently and then just how I was raised all came from just being raised by a single parent who was very involved in my life, very present. You know, being that we lived in so many different areas, it really did help develop me um, in many aspects of my life. Her and I, my mom is only 17 years older than me. Um, she did have me through an arranged marriage and we're super close. And I think that kind of like bond and friendship um, has allowed me to really treasure different relationships in my life, especially the chosen ones, because, you know, not having siblings and just kind of being raised um, a little far, far away from like cousins and family members. Um, I do really, you know, the chosen relationships I have in my life, I truly, truly like treasure them. Being now that I am a mother of three, mashallah, um, mashallah, children and my chosen relationship with my husband, it's truly a priority in my life. So I think a lot of my writing just like stems from that and um, just trying to kind of shed a little bit light into like the experiences, my personal experiences and my personal journey um, with other people, because I feel like a lot of times the barriers among people and friendships and different communities is that we, you know, we aren't able to share truly and honestly and like in a raw fashion so that's where it all stems from I guess 
I totally agree with you. I feel like we kind of, we're in this Instagram world, we put filters on stuff, but I feel like even in real life, we filter our lives. We share only so much with other people because I think we just don't want others to pass judgment on us or vice versa. We don't want people to pity us and all that stuff. But I feel like we can learn so much from one another, especially when we share something as raw as our personal relationships with some with whoever you are with. And you know, I like that you say chosen, and we're going to get into that a little bit later about what you mean by chosen relationships. And it's so interesting, like when you did say something along the lines of how the marriage is the most important relationship of your life, but it's beautiful how it's like you and your mom are like kind of like a tag team. And I feel like because you guys are so close, I feel like she morphed you into the amazing woman that you are today, the incredible woman that you are today, that you've reached so many young women and, you know, men too, with your writing. But what is something that you feel like your mom truly instilled in in you? What are some values that you carry to this day because of what your mother has taught you? The most important things that she has taught me is to always keep my line of communication open with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, with, you know, a higher power, whatever people like to refer to that as. But for me, it's, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, God, and just keeping those lines of communication open always, valuing you know, trust has always been important. Building upon trust and respect um, has always been an important thing. And, And then just leaving things that are not in our control up to him because at the end of the day everything finds balance in this in this world and it's not always up to us or it's not always in our ability to resolve things or it's not always in our ability to be able to settle you know quote unquote like a score or like have revenge or you know if if pain has been caused by the hands of another person in your life, it's not maybe always in your power to find some sort of resolve or a reason or why for that. But if you just leave it up to him, the answers, the the healing, the whatever it is that you're seeking to help you heal will come eventually. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but eventually everything will find its place. So just allowing yourself to have trust in that and having faith in that and just having faith in yourself. Um, I think that's one thing that I truly admire about her is that, you know, even though she has gone through heartbreak, loss, all of that, she's always been able to maintain this sort of like faith, almost like a hopeless romantic, I would say, you know, through Bollywood movies and things like that. Like I, I guess, subconsciously always held on to that too. Um, Being that I was raised with a single parent, you know, most people would always assume that, well, she's not going to have a healthy marriage or she's not going to have a healthy relationship. Look at her. She was raised without a father, X, Y, and Z. But that was instilled in me from a very young age. My mother never spoke poorly about other people. She always said, especially men. She always said, if you find a man who believes in the sunnah of the prophet, who like believes that you should treat women as he did and, and kind of like follows in his footsteps in a way, there are good men among us. Mind you, I was raised not only, you know, in a single parent household, but I was also raised around really unhealthy relationships, you know, whether it was like a distant cousin or an aunt or whoever, like nobody in our society or in our community showed affection or pride in marriage or, you know, there was just like, it was like a weird thing. So, but for whatever reason, it's unconsciously, or it was always just sitting in my subconscious. And I think I always held on to that. And now looking back, you know, everything in hindsight is just like, whoa, like, okay, I see where those little, you know, pebbles 
of stone were just, you know, placed for me to kind of be where I am now. But yeah, I, I truly believe because of my mother's prayers and the way she spoke of good men, I was able to kind of like finally find one too. <laughs> I think like, despite the circumstances, it's not always if you are raised by a single parent or not, it's about it's who you're raised by and what they've instilled in you. So you're basically saying not because you just came from a single parent household that you struggled relationships. It, it's not that at all. Yeah, I think a lot of people assume that growing up in a single parent household is a negative thing or something that's like, you know, that's going to haunt you for the rest of your life. But the fact that you're saying that your mom kind of used that experience to teach you how to be a strong, independent woman who can also let down her walls when she does meet the right guy. But do you think that because you were in that situ situation that when you were talking to guys or getting to know guys in the sense of like, okay, maybe I can marry this person, was it a little bit difficult to open up to that person? The thing is, the unfortunate thing, obviously, is that you will meet, for instance, people who are very open-minded and understand this exact thing that we just described and discussed. And then there are people, especially men, who have very old thought processes, you know, old as in like old school. Like they think like if you were raised in a single parent household, then you might end up being a single parent yourself or you'll, you know make the same mistakes or whatever. So for me, it wasn't so much that I allowed my mother's past or my own past to represent me. But sometimes, unfortunately, there are people who will use that against you in a relationship. Or even if they start talking to you, you would be so surprised. Some men are so twisted. They already understand sometimes how, uh, how those things can be a vulnerability. And they'll try to use it against you and to make you feel like they'll always have the upper hand because look at you, you're a woman of a single parent household. Like who will ever marry you? Who will ever treasure you? Who will ever respect you, et cetera, et cetera. But unfortunately, you know, that is their downfall and that is their shortcoming to have that kind of a point of view because they don't understand that, especially if you are someone who has witnessed struggle, loss, you know, failure, whatever, among your parents, or even if you're in a household that hasn't, you know, if your parents have stuck it through, but they haven't been the healthiest marriage, sometimes a lot of us commit to having the opposite of that. And we want the, the opposite of what we were raised with. So sometimes your commitment to a healthier relationship, a more beautiful life will be so much stronger than someone who was raised in a just a just a beautiful, you know what I mean? Like the way that someone might have treated me in a relationship may have made me build up certain walls. But I think that I was never raised with shame, you know? And that was another thing. Like my mother never made me feel like you should, oh, look at us, poor us. You know, we're the victims. Oh, two females, like, <laughs> you know, 17 years apart, just making it on our own in this world. Like, oh, no, like she never played the victim card. We always worked hard. Everything we had, we built on our own. At a very young age, at 21 years old, I was able to help my mom buy our first home. No man helped us. We traveled to the Middle East, you know, after my mom's from Afghanistan and my dad is from Palestine. So at 20, no, at 18 years old, my high school graduation present was to go back to Afghanistan after the, the Taliban regime failed and like, my mom and I went back and we were one of the first women to travel back without a man escorting us. You know, my mom never had that like to make me feel that way. So I think every relationship I approached or anybody I ever spoke to, I never felt that sense of shame. So I was always just very much myself. 
But then as certain things progressed, you know, depending on how someone treats you, you're bound to build up walls. And I'm someone who always gives 100% trust in the beginning, which maybe may not be the smartest thing. Um, maybe allow people to build that trust before I do. But you know, you love and you learn. I think it's hard to change yourself because I'm the same way as you Asia. I don't know how to put up walls. Like I say I do, but I really never do. I just give my all and I, I kind of, I think what I do need to change is um, the fact of not expecting that in return, yeah. understanding that what you're giving out, you're not going to receive back in return but I love that your mom didn't victimize herself a lot of people in that type of situation become so dependent on other people on outside family and whatnot but she looked to you as a source of like someone that can help her someone that can create stability it's it's you two against everybody basically right it kind of reminds me of the Gilmore girls like that relationship <laughs> that the mom and the daughter had like that like kind of you're dependent on each other like you were saying you depend on each other but you guys can also turn to each other to talk about you know, things that are going on in your lives and kind of like lean on each other when you need it. Yeah, but you guys, I know everybody always says this, but really, honestly, like I'm not trying to like shame the Disney movies, but I feel like we grew up with these two mindsets. Like we grew up watching Disney movies where your Prince Charming is going to come, he's going to be tall, dark, handsome, whatever, all everything, you know, and then you grow up thinking that that's what you're going to get, that it, when you meet the person, it's going to be perfect. It's going to be the first person you meet. That's the person you're going to marry. Everything is going to fall into place. But then we're also raised with the mindset of like, are the women in our family sometimes are not as empowered as you were Asia by your own mother and it's, it's amazing that your mother was the one that empowered you but I feel like some of us women are raised with like marriage is the next step love comes after marriage um he comes from a good family makes money all that stuff that's good enough for you but it's like what about the love factor what about the respect factor does he even pray did you guys even ask him if he prayed or anything like that I think when it obviously things have changed but I'm talking from my time like when I was introduced to marriage that wasn't really brought up like the actual core quality that a man should have or even a woman too I feel like we look at everything else outside of this person like they're the spoke but we're looking at everything that's outside of the spoke the wheel like the, does he come from a good family does he make money this and that so I feel like these days I think why a lot of women struggle in relationships is because they don't have that compass to guide them when it comes to who they should be with who's supposedly a good guy and how do you even know what an unhealthy relationship even entails so I know you wanted to open up about certain aspects of your previous relationship. And I just want to know, how did you know that you were in, in an unhealthy rela relationship? It was almost like um, I had like an epiphany, I think, um, because the relationship I was in prior to getting married was a relationship meant for marriage. Um, we had discussed marriage and all that. And it was like, a oh, wait a second. I had an aha moment and I realized that I wasn't happy my closest girlfriends would look at me and be like, what has happened to you? <laughs> and it, it just like, I wasn't myself. Like I wasn't, you know, everything I was had to be turned down. In my situation, it was someone who was very insecure in themselves. It was someone who, you know, didn't want me to shine, wanted, wanted everything to kind of just be below him. You know, I, at the time I made more money. I, my education level was higher. It was, that was a threat. Once I had that aha moment as in, wait, is this, is this really me? Is this really what I want? The second I started questioning things, it was the red light for me. Like, okay, you're questioning things way too much. Like going way into detail, asking my friends, what do you think? What do you think? Once you start asking others opinion on something that is for your long-term, you know, commitment, that should be like the number one red flag right there. Like, why am I asking you as to how I should know or whether I should know or not? So then 
instead of going to my friends and asking their opinion, because all of them looked at me like, okay, you're obviously not happy, blah, blah, blah. I was like, okay, the next best thing for me is to ask. Actually, it should have been the first best thing, but <laughs> it came after. Um, I did a Sahara prayer, and I truly put my whole entire faith and literally threw down the prayer rug middle of the night one night and just like started praying. I started praying and I did a Sahara and I was like in tears because it was truly something that I needed guidance on. You know, it's like nobody wants to make that mistake. Nobody goes into something like that thinking, okay, like, oh, I'll just, who cares if it doesn't work out? Well, just no, nobody does that. Um, and especially someone like me who I felt like, well, I don't want to prove other people right. You know, when those people who said, well, she's never going to have a healthy marriage. She's never going to do this in her life. She's never going to do that. I never wanted to prove those people right. So once I did my Sahara prayer, it was just like the feeling. First, it was like a strong feeling that, okay, wow, my feelings just grew cold. Like there was nothing there anymore. And I was just like, I'm, I'm okay. Like, this isn't going to work out. We're good. And then after that prayer, I did one more. I was like, let me just be sure. You know, I feel like you can, I think you can do it like three, three times or seven times. I don't know. However many times <laughs> However. you get to do it, you just do it. But I did it three times. And between the second and third prayer, I had a birthday party. And one of my friends brought my now husband to my birthday party as a joke to be like, girl, I brought you a birthday present, haha, <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> it's my friend, and I was like, okay, thanks, whatever, and then we laughed about it, and it's still to this day, like, a huge joke between all of us, but I literally was like, whatever, and I did my third prayer after my birthday party, and I just had, like, a dream that just explained everything to me, and it was so clear, it was clear as day, and I know you not everyone see like has a dream. Not everyone gets a feeling. Sometimes your path, your course completely changes. Um, so sometimes it just becomes clear in other ways. But for me, it was a dream. And I just was like, okay, the signs were all there. You know, my relationship with my ex had completely dissolved at that point. There was nothing there, no, no contact, nothing. And my husband and I, like my current husband, my current husband, yeah. my only husband, um, and I just started like talking um, over Facebook and then things went from there. So yeah, so panel, because you know why people don't believe in this Estacada prayers. So, like it, you should really because I did it too, Asya. Yeah. And you're right. Not not everybody gets the dream. What I got because I was in a similar situation as you when you're starting to kind of involve everybody around you within the relationship, then you know, something's a little off. Something's yeah. not right. So I prayed the Estacada because like you said it should be one of the first things that you do but that was my last resort like I felt like that was my real last resort I related I kind of relied on everything else around me to give me the answers but I should have just relied on Allah like yeah. I poured my heart out and I remember it was I literally like went to bed that night and I woke up and I cannot explain this feeling like to this day I can't explain this feeling but I had this sense of just calmness but right. so much urgency to just know that's it I know that this is not what I want and that exact day like literally overnight like this is the only thing that's ever I've ever done overnight I walked out I was done and it was a marriage too and I was like oh it's like I'm ready I don't care what anybody has to say about me what their opinions are this is the God made me feel like it it's so weird it really empowered me and I can't emphasize it more I have a go ahead yeah, yeah. no I just be, because you know that he's got you even if nobody else does, he's got you. And I think it's so important to rely on our faith because I think even society makes you go, okay, well, you know, you should do yoga for this and you yeah. should do that for that. And really, if you go back to the core of our faith and our religion, everything is there 
five times a day, you're meant to take a minute to meditate, to center yourself, to pray, you know, to really be present in your day. And there's just so many little things like that, just like the answers are all there. But unfortunately, sometimes we just get distracted with worldly things things like with with worldly guidance you know what I mean and we want things right away but I wonder how many girls are out there who don't have that faith or don't know that Issachara is a thing that you should be praying when you're looking for guidance or don't have the strength to like get up and walk out of a relationship who end up getting engaged to that person getting married to that person and live in unhealthy unhappy relationships it like it has to be hundreds of thousands of girls that are just stuck. oh for sure i had a friend she's not muslim and she was asking me like i heard that you guys do this istikara prayer and everything i'm like yeah we do and i'm like you know what we have different faiths but at the end of the day we're praying to the same god like you might you're gonna probably do it a little differently but i gave her the youtube video of how to pray and everything and what to do and everything like that and she could say it in her own words because i think no matter what if you're asking whatever god you want to we all pray to the same god i think at the end of the day you're gonna get what you want when you kind of just like put your full trust in this the being that created you you know what i mean and i also think you start looking for signs yes. that point in the direction that you want it to point in you yeah. know what i mean like if you really do think that you should leave this person you're gonna look for the signs that are like oh maybe Allah's trying to tell me something here and if nothing else i think that we've all got this gift of our instincts it's this it's this not your ego which is mostly in your head but they're in your gut inside of you in your core there's just like there's natural you know like alarm or trigger like something yeah like that. and and it's a guide it's supposed to it's meant to be your guide and sometimes when you're in a situation you know in your gut this isn't right something is pushing you to get out of a situation or get out of a place or or you know even your energy you can use as something that can guide you on this journey there's so many tools that are available to us only if we would just kind of turn inward rather than outward it would really be something that can kind of make things a little bit more clear that's that's a great point because i don't think there's not one guy or girl who's in a bad relationship that has not had that gut instinct there's just no way that it's absent it's there we just choose to keep suppressing and suppressing it because we don't trust our own selves and i think this is what the problem is we jump into relationships without knowing who we are what we want what we're expecting out of the person or anything like that we're just jumping into things because we assume like that's the next step in our lives or you feel like well why is this person in my life we're meant to be like what what is not everybody that you cross paths with is somebody that you're going to spend the rest of your life with this dunya is meant to test you over and over again and Allah is going to test you through his creations as well not just outside hardships yeah and I think also when you're in the beginning of a relationship you're so swept over by like these new feelings these like even if they're fake feelings even if it's just that, that like the lust not the love yes but in those moments in our happiest moments we really don't choose to turn to Allah it's kind of like we're so consumed by this person that like you know we start slacking on our salahs we're not really you know in the moment we're really just like infatuated with this person but it's when we start having those those doubtful feelings and those like moments are like okay is this really something that i want that we actually turn to god you know what that's a great point zana because this is i don't know if you agree with this but i feel like the way you can also kind of gauge if a relationship is the that a good relationship a healthy relationship is look at where you are with allah how what's the distance between you and allah while you are in this relationship if the if you feel like you're so detached from allah detached from praying detached from all the things that you're supposed to do as a muslim person or whatever 
that means that you're in an unhealthy relationship. I think sometimes we're in relationships we're so obsessed over and not in a good way because sometimes they make us feel so low that we're obsessed over thinking like, why am I not good enough for this person? Why, what can I do to change myself? So what you're doing right now is you're thinking about this person from morning to night where is the space, where is the time that you have all allotted to be able to pray, to be able to have a conversation with Allah and all that stuff? Yeah. Like, I'm not saying that these are the only red flags, but that's a major red flag when you have distanced yourself from Allah because I was in a relationship where I was, I am somebody that I was raised to pray. I stopped praying. I stopped praying yeah. because I felt in a weird way, I felt stupid to pray because they weren't praying and we were always arguing. It was just a very like just tumultuous, toxic. toxic relationship that the last thing on your mind you were thinking was to seek Allah because you're so consumed with how wrong this relationship is going and how badly you feel about yourself. Did you feel that way when you were in that relationship where you felt like, yeah, I did, wasn't really like talking to Allah as much as I should have been? Well, I'll be honest with you. You know, I was raised by a mother who prayed five times a day, um, practiced and did all that good stuff, but never pressured me to do any of it. Um, she just kind of allowed me to forge my own path to him. Um, she was always like a kind reminder of prayer, a very kind reminder of it, um, never forceful. But, you know, when I think even in relationships or friendships, there's like, you really have to do like a little check, like a reality check of who you're surrounded by or who you're with. And is this person taking you to places that are to become something that, that could become something good for you? Or are they taking you to places and doing things that are harmful to you? You know, maybe to harmful to your spirit, harmful to your body, harmful to, you know, there's just so many different toxic relationships that we can be involved in in so many different ways. And one of them, like you said, you're so consumed in the negativity that you're just lost in that, you know, you're lost in the pit of that, in the darkness of that, and you're, you're forgetting the light. And I think that, you know, in my previous relationship, you know, sometimes people can seem certain type of way like oh wow look at that person they go to gym a prayer and wow or look at that girl wow like she's hijab head to toe or whatever like sometimes looks and actions can be very deceiving until you sit down with someone truly start to build that relationship and you start to see their day-to-day -day actions their language the way they treat other people even if it's a waiter you know what I mean like those little things are such huge signs of like what this person truly can be in a relationship, what this person will be as a father, all that stuff. So like paying attention and being very conscious, you know, I think in the beginning, okay, sure, it's fun. You know, you got the fresh, cute feelings, whatever, but doing like a gut check and doing a reality check when you're sitting in, in different settings and just kind of like really not judging the person, but taking them as a whole, because you'll never be able to change a person. And, you know, sometimes maybe we ourselves might not be where we want to be spiritually or religiously, but, you know, are we growing closer to what is good for us ultimately, or are we growing further apart? And like a good man can go sour with a bad girl and a good girl can go sour with a bad guy. You know, it, it, I've seen it and it's unfortunate, but I think that it is our own responsibility to really be the protector of our own soul and spirit and environment and, and make sure that whoever we're with, they're guiding us to something that's better for us. I absolutely agree. I think, I mean, at least from my personal past experience, for me, it was easy to look back at certain situations and certain relationships and say, oh, those are red flags. But it's hard to like see those things in the moment. It's like we're wearing blinders and we can only see 
the good in that person because we're infatuated with that person but those red flags aren't standing out as often do you know what I mean did you find yourself in that position where like once you look back you realize that's the moment I should have said like okay I'm out of here. It was probably the first moment where I was disrespected. Just a normal like disagreement. That normal disagreement that any couple can have, you know, just this, okay, X, Y, and Z, no, Y, okay, what? And then all of a sudden you're disrespected. Disrespected with words that for a woman, you're just like, what? Like you're just left dumbfounded. You're like this one person who's telling you that they love for love you and care for you at one point is speaking to you in this manner and raising their voice in a way that could potentially get violent, you know? It's the first signs. There are first signs in every relationship that has gone towards domestic violence that has like every person you speak to that has experienced that to the worst extent has always said that there were signs, you know, and it was it starts out with that, that like really harsh, like disrespect, like all of a sudden out of nowhere, just kind of like blindsides you. And then, you know, that disrespect crosses over a little bit further to, you know, kind of like a, a shove or like, a, you know, a grabbing of the hand or something like that. And then it's like, okay, you know what? Like for me, I called it off like way early. Like I didn't allow it to go any further, but the red flags were there. It's just, I, like you said, I wish I had called a like a little sooner, but you just don't know, you know, we're all living and learning. It's okay to live with that. You know what I mean? And I think a lot of times we, as women, we beat ourselves down. Like, how didn't you know? Like, you know, that's your ego trying to keep you in a place of guilt and shame. It's okay. As long as he has forgiven you and you allow yourself to forgive yourself and allow yourself that permission to move from that and learn from that and grow from that so that you don't allow something like that to happen again. I want every girl that's sitting here and listening to this to not feel like you said that shame and guilt for not walking away sooner because nobody will understand why she didn't walk away sooner unless you were in her shoes. And I think it's so much easier said than done because you need to understand when your friends tell you, why didn't you walk away? What were you thinking? Why did you even even enter into a relationship with him? Like, you know what I mean? What were you thinking? What were you like, thinking? Yeah. It's hard to think when you have this fog surrounding your head and it's blocking your vision. Your friends can't see this fog, but you only see this fog. Your friends see this clear night and day that this person's not meant for you but it's so impossible for you when you're driving in the street you can't see through a fog you're driving slowly or you don't know what to expect but the thing is what you said there's never a moment where a guy just wakes up one day and decides to hit you no no no, no. It, it progresses slowly but surely and Asya, it does start with that one disrespectful time just that one word that when he's allowed to say this and this doesn't just go for guys this goes for girls too guys oh, are yeah. in abusive relationships as well it's a two-way street i think once that happens that's when you really need to sit back and be like do I I mean is this what I want to be in for the rest of my life if this person has already lost the respect and you know what something that we also don't realize I think maybe because we're Muslim and we don't date date so it's hard for us to see how they are with their family and whatnot and how they are with their friends and all that because oh, yeah. usually when you're talking to somebody even if it's for with good intentions you're kind of hidden you don't know about you, you haven't met his friends or family or anything like that I think that's another great way to gauge if he's a good person or not because sometimes when you see that if he's not with the best of terms with his family what makes you think that he's going to be the best with you this doesn't go for everybody but it's also what you said like how you treat others around you if he's treating a waiter or waitress horribly like that's that's disgusting you know what i mean it's just it's common, a sure sign common decency 
And I think we forget often that Allah is the one that who created us and Allah is the one that loves us. And it's like, do you really think that Allah hates you to the point where he's, he created a whole spouse for you that's going to abuse you, verbally attack, all that stuff? No. And I think you need to really understand that like Allah would never do that to you. So you, I don't want you to say like blame yourself, but at the same time you have to realize like this isn't my destiny. This isn't who Allah has made for me. Yeah, I was going to say sometimes, you know, you, you meet somebody and they are not good for you at that point in your life and you're not good for them either, right? right? Like sometimes energies just clash, but you step away and you, and you show that person that this is not right. I will not accept this. And I'm walking away. And that person might take that and go somewhere else and grow from it. So like, however that person was, you know, whether it was your ex, my ex, whoever, right? Like you also have to know that whatever experience they had with you, they might have taken that and grown from it. I don't believe we all stay exactly the same way from birth till the end. I think certain experiences that we encounter is meant for us to grow from. It's meant from, uh, for us to just you know, realize our worth and step away. But at the same time, the other individual is benefiting as well in other ways. You know what I mean? And so it's just kind of like understanding that even if it is hard, you know, toxic, whatever, it, there's good that comes of, out of everything. There's always some good that comes out of every horrible situation that comes to light sometime down the road. Forgiveness is key, I think, because like you, because every person that you see in, in your past is not with somebody else and they're in a right. healthy and vibrant relationship. And you should want that for that person. You shouldn't want them to be miserable just because they treated you miserably. People are not bad. You're just with each other at the wrong time and you're not even meant to be for one another. Okay, That's all it is. either a lesson or a blessing. Yes. You know what I mean? You're coming into my life to teach me something or you're coming into my life to bless me with something. But I feel like for certain people who are in these toxic, abusive relationships, it's hard to see those signs, right? Because there's constantly excuses for why he's acting this way. He's stressed out at work. He has a lot on his plate. He's dealing with this. He's dealing with that. How do you pull yourself out of that and say, you know what, like enough with the excuses. This is who he is. It's not his workload. It's not, you know, family pressure. It is It's. It is what it is. I think it's to the point where it gets disrespectful. Yeah. I don't think we're stressed out at work. You know what I mean? I, know, I don't yeah, think yeah. that calls for an excuse for you to treat the person you want to spend the rest of your life with horribly. Like, if you're going to treat me horribly and you're not going to look to me for, like, somebody that I'm your safe space if you're having a bad day at work, but you're coming home and attacking me, then what's the point? What's the point of us, you know? And I think, I mean personally speaking, like if you're dating and it's like that already, what do you expect marriage and children and all that to be like? What do you expect that? That is supposed to be like the honeymoon, honeymoon phase type, you know, like very sweet and like kindness and, and loving, whatever. But if this is your dating life that we're talking about, that's like that, like you don't think financial struggles, marriage, dealing with in-laws, like all of that is going to add on to your life, life is, life is a journey. It is going to be stressful, but how are you going to interact with one another? What kind of environment are you setting up for your relationship to flourish in and like blossom in? So no, I, I don't stand for that. And I don't, and you know, sometimes people take it as a sure sign of love. Like, oh, look at us, we're battling, but then we come back together and we feel stronger than ever. Okay. All right. Good luck. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know any relationship that has survived that kind of like you know, toxic dating environment that has blossomed into this like amazing long term marriage. I just I haven't show me someone I don't know. Yeah. And it's kind of like what Dunya was saying at the beginning, like we have these movies that depict 
these couples going through like turmoil and going through such hardship and then they come out at the end and they're walking through a field of flowers and everything's okay that's not life like that's so far from reality and it's so hard to not see that as like what I want or what I'm going to expect. No, but Asya said like the only issue you guys should have when you're dating. And I hate using the word dating, but obviously people do that. You're yeah. getting to know one another. You know why? Because people are going to be like, oh, you guys are pers- saying let's date. Nobody's saying that. But again, getting at the same time, someone. everybody's getting to talking. know people. Talking. talking. Let's say talking because I don't want us to get attacked here. You know how it is. <laughs> but I think like the only thing you guys should be arguing about when you're talking is where you should go grab a bite to just get to know one another but like when you're married i'm just letting everybody know things get really really hard like extremely hard there's a lot of things that now it's like you kind of put yourself to the side and there's so much stuff that you have to take care of and and becoming a mother and a father that's just a whole added stress right there i feel like there are other like red flags that you i feel like you need to really assess your relationship like it shouldn't be cut and dry black and white you should really like sit down and focus on certain things like i feel like when you get in a relationship with somebody slowly you'll realize what part of the spiritual journey he or she is on and I think sometimes like you shouldn't cut somebody off just because they are not praying the five daily prayers I've seen so many relationships where the guy becomes all of a sudden he's the one praying on time and telling his wife hey let's start praying on time I feel like you have to really have this conversation and sit down with them and see what part of the journey they're on there are people that or just don't care to pray, don't care to fast, don't care to do that. It's up to you to make that decision. Is this somebody you want to spend the rest of your life with? How important is your faith? And I feel like for me, I would not allow that because I feel like faith is the foundation of a relationship. So that's that's one red flag. I really, or not what fa- flag, but one thing that I really look for first is like where they are in their spiritual journey. Let's have this open conversation. I'm not going to judge you. You're not going to judge me, but let's assess. Are we going to work together towards the end goal of being like pious Muslims and whatnot or are we just completely different when it comes to our faith and do you feel like that's like something you kind of discussed with your now husband um yeah I think it it happened accidentally it wasn't like an intentional conversation you know we were just like talking about I don't know what and we were on um he had created a g-chat for me at the time I didn't even have a profile but (laughs) he created a little g-chat for me so that we could kind of like chat and stuff and he was like hey um hold on I'll be right back I gotta go pray and I was like, gotta go pray. I was like, what? What? Like completely caught me off guard. Cause like this guy never set me up to think anything like that. Like we didn't really, I mean, I knew he was Muslim, but like, I really didn't know where his, his spiritual practice or like his, his practice in general laid. And you know, that, that day when he was like, I gotta go pray. And I was like, Oh, okay. And then in my mind, I was like, wait, does he pray like five times a day? Like what? Oh, because, snap. <laughs> yeah. Because I always kind of like, unfortunately, in my mind used to think like, well, if someone is that religious, you know, in my mind, I'd be like, if they prayed five times, they'd be, they'd come off a little judgy of like where I'm at in my life. And why would someone like that want to talk to me? Cause like I said, like, I was just newly embarking on like my spiritual practice, my faith. Like I was, I was almost like just on my first level, let's say, you know, it's just like, okay, this is a beautiful religion. I had taken religion course in college and just wanted to study it on my own and had fallen in love with it, but I was not where he was. And he came back and I was like, so let me ask you, how often do you pray? I was like, <laughs> like, what is, he's like, yeah, no, I pray five times a day. 
I was like, you do? And I was just shocked. And it, it just left me speechless. He's like, yeah, you know, and he was very open about it. And it wasn't like he was showing off or anything like that. He was, it was a conversation we had and he was just like, yeah, you know, I, I pray and I fast and you know, whatever, whatever. And, and, you know, he would literally, even at that time, he was only 25 years old and had a full-time job in the city. And every time it was a Juma prayer, he would take his hour, hour and a half lunch and go make it to Juma prayer every Friday. And it became, yeah. And it was really cute. Cause at that time, before I, I had gotten to know him, I had taken half days on Friday to go make it to Juma prayer. And so then we started going to Juma prayer together and it just was really something that happened naturally where I was more so inspired by him and it made me want to grow in my spiritual. I was always spiritual, but in my practice, in my daily practice, like I always spoke to Allah Spantella, like since I was a young kid, like it just, because maybe because I was raised without a father, I almost like would talk to him, you know, looking up at the sky, looking up at the moon, like late at night, like I always did that. And so my communication like that was always open and good, but practicing, you know, showing up for my five daily prayers, making sure, you know, Ramadan, like I, I fully committed from beginning to end and just the other little things that are required and recommended in our faith, he was doing it. And it really just inspired me. He was never the type to be like, dress like this or do this. Never like till this day, we're married for 10 years, but like, he still won't tell me how to dress how to do nothing because he tells me like, I trust your judgment. And that alone makes me want to be better. I'm like, okay, <laughs> you know, so that, I love Michelle, that. I, that's such yeah. a good, positive relationship. Like that's the relationship, you know, I got to jump in on this. Like, I'm not going to hesitate. This is this is the one that Allah has planned for me. Exactly. And I like and it kind of goes into like the next red flag that we kind of want to talk about. I like that he encouraged you to to kind of connect a little bit closer to like, you know, praying and all that stuff. He wasn't trying to forcefully change you. And I feel like sometimes we don't realize this, like, like when we get into a relationship, this person, sometimes the wrong person is trying to change you and they do it very subtly and you don't notice it right away until like you, like I said, like you get out of the relationship and you get to look back and reflect on it and you're like, oh my God, like this person was completely trying to change who I am. Like, I don't even know who I am anymore. I miss the old me. You know what I mean? How do you navigate a relationship like that where you see this person's trying to change you instead of bettering you? Because I feel like when I want to go in a relationship, I want us to grow together. I want us to both kind of vibe off one another, try to like like better one another. And if this person is trying to change me from head to toe, then it's kind of insulting. Then I'm not the person that you want to be with. You're trying to morph me into this, this girl that you want to be with that maybe you don't have a chance with or something like along those lines. You know what I mean? It's like, this is who I am. I exist. This is, and I like that your husband doesn't tell you how to dress either. Because I think that's also insulting in a way because it's like I want a relationship where we're a partnership. I don't want like this father-daughter type relationship where you're kind of scolding me for the way I'm dressing. I always said like if I'm coming from my parents' house being the way that I am, you have to accept it. If my parents accept it, you kind of have yeah, to Yeah, and then you too. still grow. Because exactly. even when we're coming, you're so right, Even because I always said that too, but even when we're coming, each of us from our parents' households and stuff like that, now we're, now we're a union. We're going to yeah. literally grow and morph into something even better than what we came from. But don't try to like bring me down and tell me that I don't like the way you're dressing. I don't like you're doing this. I don't like that. It's like, it becomes so negative and I don't want to be in a relationship that's negative. So I think there's a huge difference, right? Where if you, I think are in a relationship where someone is trying to break you down and then rebuild you or mold you to only their preference. 
I think that can be really toxic and can be very dangerous for someone. But then I think there are relationships like my husband and I, where we both were, we weren't perfect when we met each other, but we were, we were complete individuals. We wanted to come together in a sense to compliment one another. And I respected him and our relationship heavily is based on respect. So I'm also not an individual who would walk out of the house dressed in a type of way, whatever type of way, right? That I know would feel disrespectful to him, right? So the trust that he has in me is also the trust that he understands that I'm a woman who will carry myself in a certain type of manner. Right? Do you see what I mean? So it's like it, he's encouraging in that in that way because he understands the type of woman that I am, and I understand the type of man that he is. I can never change him, but in the beginning, there were certain things that we were not so fond of. <laughs> you know, the first year of marriage, a lot of things come to light, and I literally took so much time to re like really understand the type of man that he is because men function a different way and women function a different way. And I understood that he is not the type of man that I can tell what to do. Like, I can't be like, no, go do this or go do that. But what I can do is I can ask him, hey, babe, would you mind doing this? <laughs> like, exactly. it's just like, a, it's a different approach. You know, I think even as a woman, like, if there are things that a man may not like that you're doing or is not very appreciative of whatever there's a different approach you know i think with love and sweetness on the tip of your tongue can go a lot further than to trying to speak negative negatively or talking down to someone and then trying to break them apart so you can build them up in a in a way or fashion that you know suits your needs so i think that understanding that the psychology of that is so beneficial to a good healthy marriage um, or any relationship so I think that you know it's just such a difference you know and you can't ever say like well this is who I am take me as I am and I'll never change no because that's just like well then we're not gonna go anywhere are we we're all meant to change we're all meant to grow especially in a healthy loving relationship you will blossom but it all it's all intended in the approach. It's all within the approach. There's a difference between encouraging your spouse to do something that you will like and it would benefit them and demanding this of yeah. them. Because I think naturally as humans, we don't like somebody telling us what to do. But even if your spouse has good intentions, yes, there, there are ways to communicate this with them. And when you do it in a loving way, it is, you're so right. It completely changes just the mood of it. And you see it, they're doing it in a loving way. That means they care, this and that. But when they're doing it in a disrespectful way, and they're talking down to you and they're demanding it it just seems like it's just a one-sided demand or request like it's just it will benefit them only you know what I mean so that's why I think communication oh my gosh when it comes to relationships it's so important like really really important to sit there and really like get down to the root of any issue that you guys have and every red flag you guys come across is not a red flag that's meant to break you guys there are some red flags you can actually sit down and talk to that person about that's a good point I feel like nowadays Asya we're in such a, a world where it's like we're on social media a lot and I feel like there's just so much at the like at our fingertips we have access to so many people people from the opposite sex and all that stuff how do you maintain that that respectful boundary for the both of you on social media like how do you guys keep your relationship healthy and still have social media platforms but know how to navigate the social media platforms as a couple as a respectful couple well, he's not as like active, but he definitely utilizes his social media. And thankfully, our relationship when we first started, it was just Facebook and Facebook was like, mm, 
you know? Yeah. And then Instagram came into play about two to three years into our marriage. But still, even at that point, it wasn't all that like no one was like living on it. Like now, you know, I think just kind of allowing him so like, you know, following the opposite sex and things like that. Like, it's not that, you know, people might think, Oh, well, you don't trust your spouse or you don't No, I trust him fully 100%. But I also believe in temptation. And I believe in people not respecting boundaries, you know, so I not people but like other women may not respect boundaries. And I will do whatever in my power to maintain a healthy relationship, but also keep and protect our relationship as much as I possibly can. So for me personally, I don't follow other men's accounts, you know, and I tell him that and I just like drop hints and I'm not going to tell him what to do. Again, I trust his judgment. I'll say like, oh, you know, I'm not doing this. And, you know, or, you know, how would you feel if I did that? Or, you know, just kind of like letting them think and take the lead on things like that themselves, because then you'll see where their boundaries are. And you have to be able to, if, especially if you're in a marriage, respect that, but hopefully encourage in a kind way, in a kind manner, by example, yourself, a way that they could follow your lead, possibly. You can't completely keep people away from things that they want to do. But you hopefully, and especially in a marriage, you know, you kind of have to have certain boundaries that you both have to respect and, and respect the other person's feelings or whatever it may be. And it doesn't make you insecure. It doesn't make you anything like that. It just makes that it clear that your marriage and your relationship is priority. It's priority number one. So however you need to make that relationship feel safe and good, you got to do it. I like how you said that you trust him. It's kind of the other people you don't trust. This is actually something that my mom would say to me when I would ask for things. And she's like, you know, I have all the trust in you. It's the other people that I don't trust. And I'm like, I don't understand that. But it was once I got older that I was like, okay, now I get it. Not everyone has the same mindset as me. Not everyone is thinking the way that I'm thinking. Not everyone has as pure intentions as I do or as I think that they do. So I understand kind of like... Um, not really setting boundaries for yourself, but kind of like putting each other, like you said, putting each other in each other's shoes. Like, I don't follow guys. You know, I wouldn't mind if you didn't follow girls. Like, I understand. It's kind of like that psychology of communication like you were talking about before. The way that we approach things, not like you have to delete every woman that you're guys following Guys don't like right being now. told no. what to do and being held down like they're children, you exactly. know? Exactly. It has to come from them. Yeah, and also like it depends on what your purpose is online. You know, are you an influencer? Are you, uh, what are you using that platform for, right? Or are you there for just fun? So like, if you're just there for fun, then like, what accounts are you following? And also, are you there for business, for work, for networking? You know, my husband has a huge network of like clients or business partners or whatever it may be. So they're going to be of the opposite sex. <laughs> so I'm not going to be like, you can't follow anyone. No, that's childish. But, you know, just kind of like putting some sort of boundary guideline, a healthy one is fine, but not being like, okay, this is, this is the, the you know, this is the perimeter and that's it. Like, uh, that's just unreasonable, especially in this day and age where we're, it's okay to interact with the opposite sex and have enough trust in the other person that that is okay. You can't walk around being paranoid in a day and age of social media and technology because it will just always keep you in a state of paranoia and that's not healthy it's it's so detrimental to your relationship it will really yeah. ruin it honestly. it's kind of like what you were saying you don't get into relationships to gain another parent you gain a partner you're getting into this because you guys are a partnership i don't want someone telling me what to do and who to add and who i can and cannot follow 
but I understand that there has to be limitations within each relationship. Yeah. And it goes back to, I think I glossed over this, but the whole, like when you enter a relationship with somebody, I think we often forget to talk about the intention of the relationship. I think, oh, you can go in, into a relationship knowing full well that Asa, you want to get married. This is the whole point of me talking to you. But the other person might not be at that point in their yeah. lives. Maybe they're like, let me entertain this. Let me see where it's going, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, no, 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 I'm, I want to get to know you for the sake of Allah. And I want to get, I want to get married soon. And this is the whole purpose of us talking okay. to one another. I think that's something that us women kind of like hesitate to talk about when we meet somebody because we don't want to be the type of girl that's jumping down their throat in the first day that we're talking and we're already bringing up the idea of marriage. You know what I mean? It's so funny to bring that up because with my husband and I, like on our first date, it was, we were both coming out of like such horrible relationships, whatever. And we were just kind of like, it is what it is. Like, you want to go out on a date? Sure. Why not? Let's go grab a bite to eat. And we were just like talking. Well, my first meet up with him, my best friend was there just because, you know, just to be safe. And like, I, you know, just kind of make it like a group thing. And it was just very casual. And then after that, like a week later, we decided to go out on our own. And we sat there and he was very honest with me. He was very honest. He was like, yeah, I'm talking to like, girls like it's nothing no big deal and I was like oh like to me it was like oh hard <laughs> <laughs> the amount of honesty how yeah. like why aren't you lying we could never me? win we could never win <laughs> you know because it's like you sit there wanting honesty you want the truth like tell me and they tell you the truth and you're just like how dare you like why can't you tell me I'm the only girl so I was like oh okay I was like yeah me too you know I just like played it off as a joke and we made a joke out of it. Like, oh yeah, I'm accepting applications. It's nothing like I'm not serious with anybody. And we just played it off. And he was talking to like two or three other girls at the time. And I wasn't, but I pretended like I just, I was like, oh yeah, we're, oh, we're just talking like friends. Okay, cool. Like, I'm not going to be like, I'm not putting all my eggs in this ba one basket. But then like after the second, third date, it was like kind of clear that I was the only person he was truly interested in. And then it went from there by like a few dates down the road. It was like obvious, like we're it, we're done. We're, we're getting married. Like, you know what I mean? But when you're requesting honesty, when you're open for honesty, you have to accept what comes your way and be okay with that, you know, because sometimes that honesty is the best thing for you. You know, he wasn't playing games from the beginning. He was very open and real about it. And that's okay. It's good to build on that and to be patient. Such a great point, Asti, because it's so true. Like, it's so much easier said than done because you don't know what's going to come out of their mouth. You're <laughs> you're asking for it, but you, beggars can't be choosers. You know what I mean? You're going to get what you ask for. But I do think, look, yeah, maybe not the first time you meet him or anything like that, but down the road as you're progressing, you don't want to be a year in and you guys haven't discussed the whole purpose of your relationship. That's like, what's, the, what's your intentions? Like, you just allowed a whole year to pass you by and you both don't know that each of you want, wants one thing out of the other. You know what I mean? So there's a lot of girls that ask us, um, how do you, the thing is you get out of such a tumultuous relationship. You need some time to sit there and really figure out what it is that you want. You kind of almost want to heal from that previous relationship. How do you kind of open yourself up to a whole new relationship, knowing what you've been through? Like, was the Istakata something that truly calmed you, um, Asya, that you were able to just like really kind of just call us, like move on from your previous relationship and enter this new one? I know it wasn't like right away you guys were like kind of just made for one another. That's it. You took you a couple of times to hang out with him to know what, where you're going to go. I think um, Istakara definitely helped me. But I think the moment I had my epiphany, my aha moment, almost like saw the light as in like this relationship is not for me. I literally had to sit with myself and 
in a very, very raw moment in tears and be like, what is it that I don't want? You know, I was very, very clear with myself, very honest and very clear, just like literally sat there and was like, I don't want this. I don't want that. I don't want this. Like I had to kind of pinpoint it all as in these are the things, exact things that made me feel so low, so sad, so horrible in this past relationship. And these are the things I don't want in the next individual. If there is even someone I'm going to talk to, because I wasn't very like at that point, especially I was just like, you know what? not thinking about marriage. I never dreamed of like a married life, kids, all that stuff. So I just was like, you know what, these are the things I don't want. So I have to be very clear with myself and hold myself accountable, not to fall for those same things, not to repeat the same patterns to allow myself to like, change the course of my journey ahead, and take ownership of that and not just be like, Oh, woe is me like, okay, you know, here I am left and you know, play the victim card. I was like, not doing that. I'm taking ownership of my life. I'm changing the course of this journey ahead. I'm going to make every decision very consciously. And so I had my list of things I did not want. And then I had three top priority things that I did want. And I had to make sure that person aligned with that. And number one was their faith, their spirituality. Like I said, at that point in my life, I had just embarked on this new path. And I was very like, this, I knew I needed to get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to my faith, you know? And so number one was faith. Number two was someone who, not just by words that I don't drink alcohol, but by action, did not touch alcohol, did not get close to alcohol. Because of my past previous life growing up, I have seen how destructive alcohol can be to humans, life, like to people, to marriage, to adults, to their parenting skills, to everything. So I definitely did not want alcohol. The third thing was I did want someone who was ambitious. They didn't have to be a millionaire. They didn't have to have it all. But just someone that was hardworking, committed themselves. You know, once they said yes to something, they showed up, you know, their words and actions aligned. And those were the top three things. That's it. I wasn't like, oh, he has to be six foot. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like I didn't. That does not matter. Yeah. No, I didn't think physically. I didn't think that. It had to do a lot more with their internal state and their and their vision for themselves and their life ahead. And you know, I wanted to make sure that we aligned in that sense. And and honestly, I just it just so happened that when my prayers came about, when I was sitting and praying and whatever, I really focused on those three things in someone. It it just kind of clicked. So. Yeah, I think it's also important to realize that sometimes we don't realize what we don't want until we find ourselves in a situation like you where you're exiting this toxic relationship and you, and you have to kind of sit down with yourself and say, you know what, I don't want what I just had. And you make note of that and you carry that along with you as you enter new relationships. I don't want this. I don't want that. Maybe I want someone who was like this. And, and it kind of like you have to go through these hard times in order to figure out who you are. And we have to be kind of like um, blessed to have those moments that teach us what's important to us and what's not and kind of the things that we need to make sure that 
we we focus on as we get into new relationships no you're right because and i i like what you said asia those are very great three points that yeah. i think everybody should carry with them from one relationship to the one they finally find you know what i mean and i think sometimes it's okay to fall in love with somebody because of outer appearance but at the same time you know what else are you falling in love with this person for you know what i mean there has to be something a little bit deeper you know a little bit deeper where this is the person that you are choosing to marry and be with with the rest of your life and this is something that you said asia and it's so interesting because i really barely ever heard anybody say this but you said marriage is the most important relationship of your life yeah i mean i truly believe that you know marriage is the most important relationship because that is the one relationship if you are allowed to you know not everyone is blessed enough to to have this opportunity but that is the one relationship you are choosing for yourself your parents are through Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or you know to God through God your children are through God your siblings are through God like all of that but the one relationship you choose to lay a foundation with to build a home with to raise children with you know that is the one relationship that you have been given the opportunity to choose for yourself it is a it's it's such an enormous gift you know and so make that decision wisely and you know there it does hold weight and i think that you know our parents for instance we spoke about this earlier you know they 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 want the best for us they understand they've been there they've been through the lust phase maybe they've been through the you know this and that they understand that your marriage there's other things that accompany that so when they are questioning you they are putting you on the spot to kind of give them answers as to why you think this person is it you know trust your instincts and speak from a good place with your parents too you know they they deserve the utmost utmost respect and they're coming from a good place because nobody on this earth wants anything better for you than your own parents especially if they're loving and kind parents so marriage it just it's such a valuable relationship it's such a precious and beautiful relationship that you can possibly have no that's really beautiful because i think we often forget that the spouse you choose is going to be your ticket to heaven. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Are they the people that are going to kind of help you lead your way up to heaven? Or are they going to be the person that's going to veer you away? I think we forget the reason why Allah puts so much emphasis on marriage. You know what I mean? It's not the end all be all, but at the same time, why it's kind of like, this is something that you kind of want to work towards is finding that spouse. And this spouse is supposed to be the one that allows you to raise a household of beautiful children that are all, you're all going to meet in heaven. You know what I mean? That's the whole purpose of getting married. The whole purpose purpose of having parents is to respect them and that's why paradise lies at the you know at the feet of our own mothers like it all ties down back to our faith you don't just enter our marriage just so you could have something to do in this dunya this dunya is temper <laughs> you know what i mean like you could be your own person in, in this dunya but yeah. the reason why uh, marriage was prescribed for us is because it's, it is a ticket for us for the afterlife and i think that's something that we kind of forget and, and i think when if we realize this we we would probably be better at choosing our spouses i think respecting ourselves knowing what we want want and looking at this person like this person is going to literally make or break it for me am i going to enter heaven or am i going to just be a horrible muslim because you know they've had such a toxic like you know effect on me but mashallah you were able to choose um an amazing spouse you guys are perfect for one another you guys both are on the spiritual journey with one another and you guys are a great example and i know everybody has their ups and downs and all that stuff but out of this you you guys both now have a little family and mashallah your kids are the cutest and i love when you share your snaps of them and everything because i've 
followed you for the longest. So it's like seeing your kids, like I literally get to see your yeah. kids grow. And I, and I really love that because I know they're going to grow into such amazing human beings. But how has that changed you, motherhood? Because this is something that you thought you, you never really chased after. You said motherhood and marriage, but now you're at this point in your life. Mashallah, yeah, you're a mom and you're a wife. So how does this make you feel at this point? Alhamdulillah, it makes me feel blessed and and uh, like extremely blessed honestly motherhood changes an individual a lot and especially myself like you know with my son like it was it was just the amount of responsibility that comes with motherhood it truly grounds you as in you're not just making every decision just for yourself it's not just you and another person you can't just pick up and leave like it really makes you become a lot more present in your everyday and especially for a mother like myself, I'm very hands-on. I'm very like, I try to tend to every part of their need, like their developmental, like their emotional, their physical, like I'm very, very like in tune with each one at a different phase that they're in right now. But also just having my daughters, it really made me take a step back and reflect and look at myself as a woman in this society, in this culture that we're in. And the things that I may have done or am still doing that are just adding to a unhealthy cycle with my children and my girls, you know, and trying to become conscious of that and trying to re redirect myself in certain instances. You know, there's certain things in our culture that are accepted and are totally normal, but really are, are very toxic to us women, to each other. And so really trying to be very, very conscious of every decision that I'm making and how I'm looking at my tribe as other, like with other women, building that relationship with other women. What is it based on? You know, is it based on good intentions? Is it based based on gossip is it what is it right being very very clear because any any other woman that I'm friends with they're bound to be around my daughters so I'm very like very very aware of a lot of different things because the second I had a girl it just it you know it changed my whole idea of myself as a woman I don't know it's a powerful journey to be on right now. And it's a powerful moment to be in right now because, you know, they need me so much. They're at a very needy phase. My son is entering a different phase um, where we just need to be befriend <laughs> him because he's seven going on 17. Oh my but gosh. My other, yeah. <laughs> I've heard that before. <laughs> but my other two are four and two and they're still very needy of mommy. And I love that. And I want to appreciate this phase because it's so temporary. Every phase is so temporary. And as a mom, we get so stuck in this present moment of, oh, I can't get to this and I can't get to that. And I want to be doing this and I want to be conquering the world. And, you know, our society makes us feel like you can't just be a mom, you know, but I feel like it's the most powerful thing to be. There's just so much good in it. All you're doing is raising other good humans to be put back out into the world and continue doing good. And, you know, I think to each their own, but for myself, and this is just me, I feel like you could have it all, just not all at the same time. So just slow your roll. You know, right now, this is what you're meant to do. You're meant to be a guide and a shepherd to these young souls, you know, and allow them to blossom and be whatever. And, and, and if you can step away here and there to tend to your passions and to tend to this and that, that's fine. Great. But don't be someone who's always in state of anxiety or stress or depression because you can't be everything to everyone and you can't conquer the world and do all of that. 
And I think that sometimes we forget that motherhood is such a blessing, you know, and Alhamdulillah to have that opportunity and to have that blessing because there are so many people. I'm always very aware of the fact that there are so many people that pray to have a child that I have in my possession, for instance, you know, like I have this and there's so many that I continuously pray for, especially when I'm writing something about motherhood. It honestly, in every one of my posts that's about motherhood, I'm making like a prayer for anyone who wishes for that to have that for themselves. So here I am, you know, with three healthy Alhamdulillah children. So I'm always very conscious of that. And I always want to quiet the struggle, the, 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 the call that society has on us as moms. I always try to calm that and stay centered and stay present in my moment with them. There's so much pressure put on women in general, but imagine you being a mother and society's telling you, well, you could still work, you could still have a job, you could still do this, this, and that. You don't always just have to be a mother, but... Tell me how that's possible. Not even that, but like being a mother is just amazing. You're a superwoman. Like you said, you're creating human beings that you're putting out into this world. Either they're going to benefit society or they're going to harm society. And it's up to the mother. And that's a lot of pressure and responsibility on a mom. So I would hate for any mom to ever feel like she's left behind because we live in a day and age where everything is on social media. And you can't compare where you are as a mother to another person that's a mother that probably has teenagers and now they're grown and now she is an entrepreneur. You know yeah, I mean? exactly. You can't. Exactly. You don't know how much she had to go. She was at your point of where you are right now. So I don't think you should compare it to anyone. I think it's a magical thing to be a mother. Inshallah, Absolutely. one day you and I, Zana, can get to that point because I think it's it's beautiful. And I love how much you are hands on with your kids. Like I, I, I aspire to be like that. Well, it's also a blessing. You have to realize like sometimes not all moms can be home, you know, so sometimes they have to work and sometimes they have to do X, Y, and Z. And my mom did that. She was a single parent. But for me, having the opportunity to either go continue my career and have someone at home with my children, raise them, et cetera, or have be home. And sometimes it's a stressful, it's a very stressful thing because you don't have that time. So you can never base anything you can never compare your life or your phase or your stage in motherhood or womanhood or anything with anyone else's because you don't know what's going on behind the scenes. You don't know how much help someone has. Maybe they don't have any help or whatever. So, you know, I think everyone just, um, you know, look at it as a blessing and try to make the best of every situation and be present in that moment because down the road, you'll look back on this phase. It's such a short period in the grand scheme of life. You know, they're only needy for such a short period of time. Like they become independent like that. They'll be in school full time like that. And you won't realize that until you are past that phase. And we can't rewind life. This isn't a rehearsal. We're not going to relive it. So the best thing you can do is just be in it and be present and just soak it up. Wow, that's such a great point. Something that I also um, thought was interesting is that you said motherhood kind of changed who you are. It changed your identity or it added a new layer to your identity. How did that motherhood and parenthood affect your relationship? What kind of impact did it have? Did you guys see that there were new struggles that you guys had to go through together or new arguments that you were having because of, you know, the kids are now involved, this whole extra layer of of issues? Did you see that? Did you guys have that issue? Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. I think every marriage, especially like the first year of marriage, you're starting to really learn about each other. And then like, Parenthood is a whole different phase that you not only are, you know, 
in love with this person or have now it's like, okay, now you're looking at each other as co-parents, right? Like how do you, what is your parenting style and what is my parenting style? And him and I, we are very different from one another, but we also have a lot of similarities. And that's the same thing with our parenting styles. Like I have a different approach and he has a completely different approach, but we have to find middle ground because we want to be respectful of each other and each other's parenting styles, because you don't ever want your children to kind of play, you know, you and your husband against each other as in like, well, dad said this and mom said this, like you have to always, any disagreements you have, you got to figure the middle ground um, on that. But parenting in general, it really helps you get to another phase and another like sense of appreciation and respect or love, or even if you are butting heads, like you, it's like a whole new challenge that you have to overcome. There's moments where he's the stronger parent and I'm, and I can't, or there's moments where I'm handling things and he can't, but you know, never holding something against one another. You know I mean? We all have like different strengths in, in every part of our lives. So just kind of making sure that like, you know, if there's certain things that you're struggling with as a parent that you have your co-parent, whoever you're raising your children with, be able to support you and help you um, overcome certain challenges that we face as parents. I, I agree because I feel like just because you guys are getting married, that's it, that you've you've faced this challenge and it's over with. No, as, as spouses, you're continuously getting tested yeah. and you're going to continuously get tested through your kids, through any other hardships or blessings that you guys are going to face. Even a blessing, children are still a test. You know what I mean? How are you going to both raise them when you guys are sometimes two different people, two different mindsets? But at the, I think at the core of every relationship, whatever hardship or blessing you are facing, it's respect. And I think that's what it is, respect and communication. And I think that's what makes any relationship healthy because there's nobody that's going to get along with their spouse 100%. You are two different people, but you've decided to like, you know, become a union, become one. And it's beautiful to raise these little human beings and you're kind of making an impression on them. So how are you going to show your kids what a healthy relationship is? Do you know what I mean? And I feel like I grew up in a healthy household, alhamdulillah, where I did see both my parents respect one another. I did see when my dad would kind of like back down and let my mom, you know, whatever decision she wanted, and vice versa. And then my mom would do the same. So there's there's a lot it's of... It's like a, a tag team. It is a tag team. It's always give and take. Yes. And like... Uh, kind of like you said, like lead, you know, lean back and allow the other person to, you got to be so flexible in a marriage. You know, you got to be so flexible. You can't always be like, nope, this is my way. And I'm setting it. No, you have to compromise. You have to both individuals. And the same thing goes with parenting. You know, you got to be able to like, talk to one another in a respectful manner and find ways to compromise. And sometimes like, it's hard. It's really hard to find that middle ground. But as long as you know you're committed to finding that middle ground, you know? That's all it is. I want to talk about this next venture that you're working on. And I think it's amazing. I, I love how every blessing in our lives has like a certain shipment date. Yeah. And now you're at the point of your life where you're dabbling in your new business. And I absolutely love it. And I want you to talk about it. It's called Modified Threads. I want to talk. I want you to talk about where it was created, why it was created, and your intention behind it. Sure. Um, ever since 2008, Actually, even before that, I've always had this passion for vintage, finding unique things and kind of like, you know, being able to source them from all over the world, from different travels, et cetera. And then, you know, setting it up on Etsy when Etsy was just so fresh and new, setting it up on there, selling. And then I had like a little brick and mortar store in DC selling vintage. And that lasted not so long because I had a 
baby and I had to pull back. And now I'm at a point in my life where I'm able to kind of go back out there and source amazing vintage finds and amazing unique finds like jewelry and, you know, earrings and bracelets. And we just had our first launch, which did fabulously. And I'm just so... Yeah, alhamdulillah, like I was just really taken aback because I was like, oh my God, the response is phenomenal. And people are actually like, one of our items completely sold out within 24 hours. So that was an amazing. So, you know, it's it's great to bring forth pieces that I personally wear, that I love, that I believe in and allow, you know, my audience to have access to it in an affordable price. And same thing with my vintage finds. I feel like vintage is a is the number one sustainable option in fashion. You know, you're doing good for the planet, you're doing good for, you know, yourself, you're, you're re modifying history in a piece of clothing and being able to wear it your own way, add your own twist to it. And then 10% of all profits, go to a nonprofit organization, a charitable organization each and every month. That is something that we've committed to. So each month, whatever collection comes out, you know, it's a good deeds opportunity too. Um, and it just makes me feel that much better when something sells out and we're doing good. I'm like, yes, there's more money to, you know, <laughs> donate to XYZ company or, or charitable organization. So it makes me really happy that we're doing good um, alongside just kind of working on something that I'm super passionate about. So that's, that's one thing that's happening. And then the next thing is kind of moving forward with, um, our podcast. I'm hoping to kind of, Woo-hoo! yeah, I'm really- <laughs> so excited for this. We were just talking about it earlier and I'm like, I can't wait to download, subscribe everything. Because I feel you. you're a very well-spoken person and I, I, I want to see more women, Muslim women, women of color in this, but like, yes. you know, what are, what are you, in this space. Exactly. And I, I think there's just so much that we can each offer. So to have you, and I feel like I've been following you for such a long time. You've always had these daily inspos, these daily check-ins. You, you are so good with the way you interlace faith with your personal life, with everyday life. And it, you kind of almost, not, not only do you keep yourself grounded, but you're keeping everybody else grounded. So to be able to see you kind of dabble in different things I, I I like literally rooting for you and I really would love to see you work on this podcast and I just want everybody to know like it's not easy work to be able to create the brand that you create modified threads like that's not something that just happened overnight no. you put a lot of deep thought into this you know what I mean it's not you're being just a mother and selling being things yeah. you know you know you're selling things with a purpose we are going to host a giveaway with um the set yes. which is the full set so I, I, we're releasing this episode Wednesday you guys are going to you know see the giveaway on Friday so and it's I really beautiful hope. it's beautiful it's amazing pieces. so I'm just, yeah, I, I, we want to thank you because you just spoke so eloquently about such a, such a tricky topic because it's something that we all still don't know how to navigate. And I'm so like fortunate enough for you to be able to share like your whole business venture, the podcast venture. Are you like, how are you right now knowing that you are releasing everything right now as a mother, as somebody that you've gone, you've, you know, you've gotten to this point. It's amazing. Yeah. Honestly, taking it one day at a time because it's like, I just got to be here. I got to be present and give my all to this moment right now. Um, You know, as you all know, life is so unpredictable that, you know, it's wasted energy to worry about tomorrow or concern ourselves with too much far ahead. So I have goals, obviously, and I have ambitions and I put them on paper and I put them on a visual board and I get it. But at the same time, I really try to be present because my health is not, you know, guaranteed. My nothing in my life is guaranteed. Nothing in and no one's life is guaranteed. So as much as I possibly can, just trying to be present in this moment, give my all to the here and the now, and just just really being 
in, in a state of get gratitude whenever I can, you know, just reminding myself of the life I once had, you know, I always go back. I always travel down memory lane to remind myself of the blessings and, and state of gratitude to be in a state of gratitude. So one day at a time. I'm just so <laughs> proud of you, proud of all your new ventures. And it's a beautiful I mean, piece yeah, of advice you just absolutely. left us with. Like it is, <laughs> it, it's hard and it's so, it's so easy to get swept up in like these daily like tasks and these daily hardships, but to really be present and put yourself in the situation and look back and say like, I've came this far, I've been able to accomplish this, this and that. And to like really let that sink in I don't feel like a lot of people do that, but it's so important. Yeah. And before we let you go, Asya, we have three quick questions for you. These are like rapid fire questions. You're oh. pretty good at thinking it, okay. you know. I hope so. You want me okay. to say the first one? Yes, okay. So first what one. is your guilty pleasure show? What is your favorite show right now that you're probably watching? God, um, I would have to say, oh my goodness, probably one of the um, the Atlanta Housewives. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that stuff. I they're love it. Like too dramatic they're for shade. me. <laughs> oh my god, their shade is so real. I think it's like a comedy show. Like they're so funny. I love it because it's not just like being catty catty. Like they're not harsh. Like I just think it's funny. There's a lot of humor, so it's my guilty pleasure. They're pretty. They're pretty yeah. witty. Because when I was, I'm like, oh my god, did yeah. you just yeah. say that? But I'm like, I mean, it's funny. On TV, yeah. Yeah. What's the next one? What is your favorite weird food combination? Ooh, I'm not a weird food combination person. Um, I okay, maybe this French fries with yogurt. Okay, oh. that's weird. <laughs> no, no, no. I love you, Asia, because I was about to say, I'm like, if she's not gonna think of one, I'll say it. Mine is French fries with ice cream, but it's kind of the same thing. Similar, oh, like it's, it a, is it's so a weird. Good. Yeah. Yeah, it's so good. I don't People know are missing out. Really. Yeah, they are. People are missing out, girl. <laughs> so if anyone's hearing this, try it. French fries. It's like sweet and salty. It's like the best mix ever. I love it. I like it. Yeah. Okay. And the last one is, what is the thing that you're most afraid of? I'll be honest with you. There's not a lot. I, I really don't live in, I, mean, I don't really live in that. I don't know. I really don't have much, because I know anything that happens is, is from a loss, of, a loss of Pontella, right? So like, I always know now that I've incorporated this mindset that even the worst thing could happen, but there's always something good that comes out of it. So you just have to have a beautiful patience. And that's what I put on one of the uh, cuffs that um, is a part of the set for the giveaway is Sabrun Jamil, like just beautiful patience, just believe in the fact that even the worst thing that you might be most fearful of could possibly happen but there's always something good that comes out of it and and worry fear things like that it's just like wasted energy so I just honestly try not to let, allow my mind to go there was like I love that <laughs> answer Asya I, lo I love it before we let you go I want people to know where they can find you on social media and then how can they also purchase whatever may be left of your um the new line for modified threads yeah they can find me at I am Ostia, so that's you know my handle and then modified threads m-o-d-i-f-i-e-d dot threads at um so that's instagram and then um just the website the links are both in my bio as well as modified threads and yes. we'll link everything in our bio. we will definitely link everything we're gonna host the giveaway you guys and honestly for anybody that's listening i we would truly appreciate if you guys can support asia i feel like uh, it's amazing to see you grow into the woman that you are today and it's like i'm just excited to see what more you have in store for all of us and for even just yourself and how you're gonna impress yourself you know what i mean and i Thank love that you. you do things with like such core values so we appreciate you for sitting down with us Thank you. for discussing Thank this you awesome so topic and I cannot wait for your podcast. So everybody, please like root on Asia to start her podcast. I think we always all need that just yes. extra push. So, you're so sweet. Definitely. Thank you. You guys are doing 
phenomenally well. And I'm so proud of you guys. You just literally are doing something like unheard of in our community. And I'm really, really proud of that. So thank you guys for taking the time. Thank Thank you. Yeah. See you. All right. Welcome back to our unfiltered afterthoughts. I think a lot of times when we go through hardships, we don't realize that there's a reason Allah is putting us in this situation and it's to test us, to teach us something, or it doesn't even have to do with us. It's just to help some the other person that was involved in that negative situation. I think even in that instance, you still somehow learn from them. You learn something. And I think when you get into these relationships, relationships that are not meant for you, it, it's kind of like a stepping stone. I always believe like whatever relationship doesn't work for you is it's somewhere where you're supposed to grow. And it's, it's painful and it's growing pains and it's going to be hard to grow from something like that, especially when I think our problem is we kind of think too much into the future. Here you met this person. You might know them only for a month and right away you're already imagining the wedding your future home together all that stuff imagine that relationship ending you kind of have to not just only mourn the relationship but mourn the whole like what could have been what could have been perfectly sad yeah i feel like that's great too like you need to kind of remove yourself from the situation but you need to let the other person know these are my intentions like i am talking to you for the sake of allah for the sake of getting married for the sake of having a real relationship this isn't just a something to fill my time. But you do have to remove yourself from this situation and not put all your eggs in that one basket. Just like Asya said, basically. But how do you feel about, like, I think it is kind of hard where, you know yes you kind of like started a new relationship you don't want to allow your past relationship to seep into your new one but I think what we need to really understand is you're now dealing with two different people you can't put all this pressure on this new person assume that they're not going to be trustworthy assume that they're going to do you wrong like the past person like this is a whole new person and I think if you're still in that stage in that mindset where you're kind of walking on eggshells in this new relationship and you're assuming the worst out of this person then that means that's kind of like a marker for you to realize like I'm not ready for a new relationship. Do you get what I'm trying to say? I do understand what you're trying to say, but I feel like you also have to have some walls up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. You can't just let everything down and like trust this person 100%. You have to build up trust, I think, especially when it comes with relationships. It's not like I'm going to trust you on the first time we spoke. You know what I mean? Like that has to be something that you work on. But you also have to open yourself up for the possibility of one being hurt that's something that happens a lot but two this might be the one and you can't like if you have all your walls up you're not going to allow that person to come in and you have to be willing to put yourself out there and put yourself on the line and say like yeah I may get hurt but I may be entering the best relationship I've ever had I don't know, this might be a little too deep, but I'm thinking like, I know Allah created a soulmate for us. And I know there's that like verse that says like, no matter whatever's meant to be for you, it's going to be for you. And whatever's not meant to be for you, no matter how much you try to make it yours, it's not going to be for you. But what if you've like kind of ruined what could have been a good relationship like that? Not- is there a possibility that you can like, I don't think, okay, you're shaking your head. Yeah, and I, I don't I'm, think I'm, so. I'm kind of answering my own question. Yeah, because like Allah has it planned. Allah's not yeah. going to be like, my plan is for, to dang, this really pretty thing in front of Dunya and then yank it up yeah. out in front of her like I think we just have to like Asya was saying the entire um, episode put your trust in Allah like 
understand that Allah has a plan. We might not know what that plan is, but like if we allow ourselves to just trust Allah, I think everything is going to work out in the end. How about this? Okay, I'm going to try to change my thought. Yeah, basically. you have to. <laughs> no, I know Allah is, look, that's it. This is your soulmate. You, you, Allah has all your blessings and your name is written on it and it's not for anybody else. I totally understand that. I think what I was trying to get at, maybe sometimes you delay your own blessings. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to get You could be delaying it. There's a certain shipment date on your blessing, but dang, you're, it's past the shipment date a little bit or maybe Allah's holding it from you until you're ready for that blessing. I, I think, think that's, that's what it is. It is. I think like Allah's like, you know what? I'm going to introduce you to this thing, but I'm not going to fully give it to you until I know that you're 100% ready for it. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it begins with like, being a partner with your own self. Like, do you even know yourself well enough and all that stuff? I think sometimes like, I'm not saying it's a wrong thing to jump from one relationship to the next, but make sure you're healed because yeah. you don't want to bring in like the past things that you've gone through into a new relationship and all that. You want to make sure you're going in with a clear mind. And take the time to say like, this is what I learned from this past relationship. This is what I know that I want and don't want. And use that to find your new spouse or your new partner or whatever yeah. it is i agree zayna with the wisdom yeah. over here like it's all from aussie i'm just like regurgitating what she was saying basically that's how i feel i feel like so enlightened <laughs> but i really hope you guys enjoyed this episode and um and if you, want, you guys want to continue supporting us just please share us with your family and friends i know we emphasize this often but that's how we grow and that's how we can reach other women and last but not least we would love for you guys to just give us a review it really takes it, just a few yeah. seconds and it makes us so happy and it's super simple i wish it was in every app but it's not you guys it's only in the po apple podcast app you just go there you search our podcast name scroll all the way to the bottom and click on write a review and even if you don't want to write one which we would really appreciate you can just click the five star button but really hope you guys you know just enjoy this episode and stick around for our giveaway that's coming up this week yes thank you bye bye